Claritas is an industry leader in providing brands, agencies, and publishers with a complete closed-loop marketing platform to help marketers identify the right potential customers more precisely, deliver more effective multi-channel campaigns across audiences' preferred channels, and optimize campaigns more accurately and efficiently through a robust attribution and incremental lift analysis measuring both online and offline channels, including podcast, digital audio, and advanced television. Claritas's offerings are strengthened by the recent acquisition of Arts AI, integrating AI-powered technology to underpin an already robust identity graph, which fuels the accuracy, effectiveness, and efficiency of all their solutions. Claritas is committed to being an independent third-party partner, providing marketers with an unbiased and objective approach for building, executing, and measuring online and offline marketing campaigns. Find out more at claritas.com. Listening to AW360, a podcast from Advertising Week. Recorded in studio and live at Advertising Week's global events, AW360 features thought leadership conversations with the best and the brightest in the advertising, marketing, and technologies industries each and every week. If you enjoy AW360, we'd appreciate it if you took the time to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and maybe even leave a positive review. Thanks for listening. If there's anything that's more entertaining than, than death and taxes, it's the fact that you guys are now on for your third appearance here. Welcome to the show, David and Julian of UTA Marketing. I'm so pleased to have you on for your third appearance on the show. This is great. Thanks. We're excited to be back. And I assure everybody it's going to be better than death and taxes. I just, you know, it's, these are the things that I count on every year now. See? So I, I'll be looking forward to welcoming you back next year, too. Um, so you're both partners and co-heads of UTA Marketing. If you don't mind, let's start off with kind of an overview of UTA, what you guys are doing right now. What does 2023 look like for you? Um, David, why don't we start with you? Absolutely. You know, 2023, I think, is, an, is a really interesting year for the, the entertainment space as a whole. There, uh, there undoubtedly is a lot of change happening and um, a lot of, you know, I think uncertainty on behalf of lots of different participants in the, the entertainment ecosystem. Um, but, you know, I think for us in our work that actually, you know, disruption creates lots of opportunities and, and lots of, uh, ability for us to develop new ideas. Um, you know, this past year, UTA has really continued to invest in building out businesses and in acquiring some businesses to help, uh, support and scale our work in the sort of corporate and brand world. Uh, earlier this year, we acquired an executive search firm called James and co. Uh, which is a really fantastic uh, organization led by uh, two executives who are now part of UTA. And really, um, you know, I think the idea behind that is we are always and very often asked, hey, we're looking to hire someone for a, a new role or, hey, do you know anyone great? And so really having the ability to professionalize that work and, you know, deliver more, more depths of services to the brands and the companies that we're working with 
is is a really amazing opportunity. And you know, we're in year two of our ownership of MediaLink, which has continued to be an incredible um, an incredible acquisition and relationship. And and we continue to uh, I think really build and scale the work that we're doing with brands and be able to do more, which. Uh, I think for Julian and I is really exciting. And uh, I think one where, uh, you know, I'd like to think that when we come back for year four of this, uh, this podcast, that we'll have even more, uh, you know, really interesting things to talk about in that world uh, of advisory services. And Julian, how about you? What have you seen? Well, amidst continued chaos in the streaming landscape and the strikes in the entertainment business and the macroeconomic pressure on advertisers. It is an interesting and complex time. Um, But for us here at UTA, even amidst many of these issues and challenges, they've obviously created opportunities. And I think to David's commentary, we've been really focused on leveraging what's what's special about where we sit at UTA and our, our proximity to the creative community and our proximity to the brand community and trying to bridge the gap between those closer and closer to take advantage of some of the changes and opportunities that have presented themselves. And I know we spent last year talking a lot about the evolution of branded entertainment and how we're seeing more and more brands play the role of producer or inspirer of stories uh, in long form that make their way onto these streaming platforms. And I think that has only continued uh, and even just this past week, I've seen headlines around, you know, organizations across the spectrum from pharma companies like Nova Nordis that launched a documentary and outdoor company REI just announced a film fund. And so um, I think we're going to continue to see more and more organizations in the advertising industry try and figure out how to become producers and storytellers themselves um, and creators from the world of Hollywood who traditionally play the film and television side inching their way closer and closer to those brands. Um, so uh, I'm excited about what's to come in the next six to 12 months and in that space specifically. One of the things that I think for me, just as on the consumer side of all of this, that has really been noticeable is, you know, what I think of as branded entertainment has been kind of upended. I mean, the, the biggest movie of the summer, I think, was Barbie. I think the year. I think the biggest movie of the year is going to be Barbie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I I was incredibly surprised, incredibly delighted. I've now seen it three times and I love it more every time I see it. Is that something that we're going to see even more of, do you think? I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot of efforts towards that. But the quality that was that that really shows and and the care that went into it isn't something that we've normally seen from you know, I remember back in the 80s and 90s, you know, if there was a popular toy, there was probably a movie or maybe there's a TV show or a Saturday morning cartoon. This was not just next level. It For me, it felt like a defined next level. Uh, look, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that when you look at the origin and the path that you know, that project went to, um, to being brought to life, it, it was really unique. And I think that it really spoke to you know, in this case, you know, Mattel really having a desire to to not just sort of make something to get it out there and sell toys, but rather to really aspire to create a an incredible story and, and bring the characters to life with, I think, a, a degree of sort of respect for um, the heritage of the brand. And that 
mean, uh, I'm not sure I recall the exact timing, but certainly that's a project that we've been talking about for at least five or six years. Uh, once upon a time in a different studio with a different talent and a different writer. And, you know, I do think that they have set an incredibly high bar for, for any brand to think about, um, you know, exploiting some IP that they may have, whether it's a toy company or whether it's a, you know, consumer products company. I think that, um, it's, it's a really good thing because I think proving that great stories can connect with audiences, regardless of sort of the origin, I think really helps to dispel some of that myth that, you know, well, it's, it's can't be that good because it's based on, you know, something that, um, you know, we already know, or that it's not, you know, not, not worth the investment on behalf of a, a studio or a streamer, you know, to aspire to make something that great. So I think for us, it's really exciting. And I think, um, you know, our client General Motors was a, a really significant partner on that film. And, you know, the, if you've seen it three times, you've certainly seen, you know, the presence, not only of Barbie's Corvette, but of, of course, as well, the, the Hummer EV and the Chevy Blazer EV. And, and that was an incredible partnership, really, uh, that started with a direct conversation with Greta Gerwig and, and General Motors and really understanding who are these characters and what is the story and how is it going to come to life and, and how do we be a part of it in an authentic way? And, and I think um, I think the results uh, really show that in the ultimate output. And do you think, you know, with an increasing amount of fan culture out there, you know, I mean, everybody is a super fan of something and many of us are super fans of a lot of things. You know, it feels like the demand for this is a, at a place where now more than ever, there is room to really have these branded content experiences, be it, you know, a, a streaming television, being a film, be it, you know, even music. You know, again, Barbie demonstrating pretty well that you can really knock out a killer soundtrack for this stuff. How does this change your job? Does it make it easier or harder or just you know, a little bit of both when you go and, and you look at, you know, how do you put together a brand experience? How do you, you know, get the, the proper people in the right positions to succeed like this? I think in, it, it probably is a little bit of both. Certainly having amazing examples in the marketplace of brands, you know, taking the risk of brands really being thoughtful and intentional about having their brand show up in content and storytelling. That's always a good thing. I think the challenge in a lot of cases is, you know, people don't see it, right? They don't see how I go from where I'm at today and how I could actually, um, <clears throat> you know, achieve that kind of a result. So I think that's really positive. On the other hand, it's also expensive and it is, you know, not as obvious the path, you know, I don't think any of us predicted that Barbie would achieve the degree of either, you know, creative success or, you know, financial success. And I think that, um, you know, they really set a platform for the future. Um, and I think that, you know, our job is ultimately how do we, how do we build a platform and an offering that can really help support the industry and how do we you know bring the right information and education and access and guidance you know to the marketplace to our clients so that they can build their own version you know every brand is at a different sort of place on the spectrum of of willingness to you know participate in this marketplace and we're really working hard to to really you know meet those clients where they're at and show them you know what is the pathway to get there not everybody can be a mattel and barbie 
but we think that you know with really intentional efforts and, and process that we can get uh, you know we can get our clients to a really good place and allow them to to build a platform for the future as well. I think also, Richard, I'll just add, you know, to David's point there, not everybody needs to be a Mattel and a Barbie and not everyone can. And, you know, I think there's, we're in this moment of Barbie mania still weeks, months after the film's release and where, you know, board members and CEOs and CMOs have pushed and pressed on their teams as to why aren't we doing this and why weren't we involved and what's our plan? Um, and, and I think that, you know, what gets lost in a, a little bit of the, the Barbie story and, and David touched on it there is, you know, Mattel's been at that for almost a decade. Um, you know, that movie was set up in six different ways and different people. And, you know, it's a real long term commitment and investment that they've made in long form storytelling. And, and, you know, their toys and their brands and their IP are, are ripe for for the big screen, if you will. But not everybody is. And, you know, I think we're at this really interesting moment where, you know, we've, we've been in this post-pandemic, almost post-disruption media world. And the, the content storytelling piece is, is complex and nuanced. And, uh, you know, the big things have broken through. But at the same time, you know, if you look at what's, what's really been making an impact in communities with consumers beyond, you know, content, I mean, live events and music are on the up and up in a way that we just haven't seen, you know, pre-pandemic. Um, and what's going on with music tours and, and artist performances, I think is is sort of an indication of where attention is going and the return to sort of the, the, the desire to have those IRL experiences. And so I think as we look ahead, alongside the continuation of brand storytelling, I think we're going to see more and more of a return to unique experiences um, that reach people in bespoke communities that are really the things that are getting people excited again. Earlier, you were talking about creators. I, I want to jump over to that really quick, just because it feels, especially post-pandemic, you know, pre-pandemic, everybody was, hey, you know, these, these, these YouTubers, you know, what, what are, what are we going to do with them? You know, how do we, you know, best utilize them. They have, you know, the audiences in the millions, you know, we're measuring, you know, millions of hours of engagement with their their fans. Fast forward to today, we're post-pandemic. We have all these real life options, but you could argue that the creators are as popular as ever, if not more so. What does the creator marketplace look like to you at UTA in 2023? Let's start there. And then following up, I'll have a couple other questions as well. Jillian, you want to take this one to start? Oh boy, that's a meaty one. Um, you know, if you take the biggest step back, you know, first of all, you know, UTA has been in the creator business for since 2007, I think it was. Uh, and, you know, we've really been an, an agency that's been at the forefront of always identifying talent in different spaces and helping nurture their careers. And as digital content creators on a thing called YouTube emerged, we were sort of at the forefront of helping sign and represent um, and create opportunities for those individuals, those personalities, those who have become digital creators. Um, and, you know, today our business across UTA um, is, represents, you know, hundreds of not just the top, but the uh, emerging voices within the creator economy. Um, we have a, a significant, you know, creator business in verticals like gaming, lifestyle and beauty, uh, you know, sort of the OG YouTube 
creators, if you will. Um, and then, you know, that business, that creator business often referred to as the influencer business has matured and evolved. Um, and today, you know, makes up a really big part of, of, of the company. I think the world of creators, as we see it here at UTA, isn't just emblematic and representative of sort of digital native content creators, but I think creators from all different walks of life. And, and even some of our traditional TV and film personalities who have been focused in that universe have become creators themselves. Um, and I think that there's sort of this blend and mix melting pot of, of what the creator economy and creator community has become. Um, and we're going to be talking a little bit more about that actually in our programming and advertising week. Where's it all going? David has all the answers. David, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I think, you know, where, where it's all going, I think, um, I think we believe in our practice that creators are going to be a critical, uh, you know, participant in the sort of storytelling marketplace on behalf of brands. And, and we're really committed to helping, um, you know, further that. And, and I think, you know, to your, your earlier question, um, you know, the diversity of creators is so broad and, and, you know, something that I think we're really proud of and excited at UTA to represent so many different types. Uh, which is, you know, really, I think will allow us to help, you know, really create, you know, incredible stories and experiences, you know, with, uh, with many of our clients. I think there's this tension right now in the market too, Richard, where we've seen, you know, creators and influencers over the last three to five years is the rocket ship topic. Um, and we've kind of come to this moment where I think, you know, there's the, the ecosystem has matured and you've got these networks um, built on top of, you know, creators. Uh, and I think brands have really rightfully so, but also mistakenly fallen back on that. They're just going to look at creators as a media channel, right? And when we've got a big campaign and a message or a product that we're going to push out, we'll just buy a bunch of creator posts through our media machine as a way to amplify the message that we're trying to get out in the marketplace. And well, I think that works at times and maybe for the right thing, that's okay. But I think there's been a, a, a mistake or correction that needs to take place in the, the need to really go relationship develop with that middle and upper funnel segment of the creator uh, universe. And I think brands have sort of been pushed away from that and fallen back on the, well, they're just a media channel. Let's just acquire them through that way. And the relationship has kind of been pushed apart as a result. And so I think that we're going to see, you know, more creators who want to have direct relationships with brands and, and you know, corporate partners around things that they're doing um, and not just be looked at as, you know, pay me and I'll do a post. So I think there's a, a big opportunity for brands to, to recognize that um, and to stand up in some of these spaces and places in moments and events where these creators are and to really reach out and, and try and develop more of a direct relationship with them as well. Yeah. It feels like, you know, letting the creators create feels like a, a pretty good avenue to go. But, you know, then again, you know, for a while it's, it felt like, you know, somewhere in the middle of all this, there was so many concerns around brand safety and, and things of that nature where there was, you know, definitely a lot of caution anymore. It feels to me, at least, you know, as an observer, uh, a lot, the opposite, but, you know, to your point, 
Yeah, you can always tell when somebody is kind of phoning it in. Moving ahead to next week, you know, we're recording this the week before Advertising Week New York. You guys are participating for your third straight year. Thank you very much. What will you be talking about on site in New York? I'm so excited about what we've got going on at Ad Week New York uh, and continuing what's been a really meaningful partnership for us with Matt Schechner and Lance and Ruth and and everybody over at Advertising Week and Stillwell. Um, you know, this week we uh, the, the we are effectively putting together a branded entertainment summit on the Wednesday afternoon on the on the Great Mind stage, uh, putting a spotlight on a number of different creators and talent uh, and executives in the advertising community from. Issa Rae to Keegan-Michael Key, Tyrese Maxey, uh, basketball player, incredible uh, on the 76ers, Aurora James, an incredible activist and fashion designer uh, behind the 15% pledge, uh, others including Chloe Feynman and marketers from brands like American Express, Lyft, New Balance, Warner Discovery, Sony. And really what we're trying to do is, is put a spotlight on this notion of entertainment being everywhere uh, and this post-disruption ecosystem we're living in, uh, in sort of the new normal of things just being crazy, how to really break through. And our goal is really to put forth you know, the makers, the creators in front of the advertisers and let them share what they're working on, what they're passionate about and how they intend to and want to collaborate with prospective partners in the world of advertising. So I think we're going to hear a little bit from the creators themselves, as well as the brands that are really at the forefront of doing incredible work and partnerships with those creators, as well as content platforms. And so I'm really excited uh, for folks to come check it out. And uh, Richard, I can't wait to see you there. Last question, and I'll give, let's say half a minute to each of you. Okay, this is the crystal ball question that, you know, everybody who listens to the show knows and loves, unless you're on it, oh then you hate it. But, yeah, we do it anyway. Um, in 30 seconds, and uh, David, we'll start with you. Give me the future of brand marketing within entertainment. I think, and I may have said this in past years because I really believe this is where the world is headed. You know, we, we really believe that... Um, brands are going to become much more direct financiers of content. You know, when you look at the way the landscape works today, you know, brands are spending advertising dollars with big media companies that is indirectly used to, you know, to finance that content. We just believe that brands are going to get, continue to get more upstream, more directly involved, more collaborative with the creators of these great stories and have a, a much stronger seat at the table in terms of determining, you know, which stories are told and, and where those stories are ultimately brought to life. Um, we've continued over the past three years to see more experimentation, more testing of that theory. And uh, I think, you know, based on the conversations that we're having today with our clients, but also just the broader marketplace, uh, I don't think there's any question that, that, that we're going to get to some version of that. I think the, the biggest challenge we have is how quickly will we get there and really knowing, you know, how quickly we can get there. And then frankly, what that looks like, you know, how do we um, adapt current marketing strategies and models to that new reality and, and how do you know, companies build the right infrastructure to do something that is, you know, quite different from what they've, uh, they have today. And Julian, I hope and believe that, uh, 
we are going to see more brands become direct financier of premium content. I think you're going to see, you know, several open up their own production companies and studios. And I think follow on what David was talking about. I also think there's something going on in terms of locale. And I think while New York has been the center of gravity for brand advertisers for, you know, a long time, I think that there's going to be a pull towards Los Angeles and London and Atlanta. And I think we're starting to see that. But I think in the next three to five years, I think those other places are going to become almost more important than the traditional Madison Avenue, uh, New York ad hub, just by proxy of what's going on in those cultural epicenters. And I think those brands' desires to be closer and closer to those creative communities, those storytellers, um, and the broader sort of entertainment ecosystem. So I think that's what it's going to look like, at least in the at least in the broad strokes in three to five years. Advertising Week Los Angeles, Advertising Week Atlanta. We already have Advertising Week Europe in London, but you know I'm I'm game. I mean for sure. Um, gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to be on today. I will um, put a link for your sessions at Advertising Week New York in the show description and, you know, encourage everybody to go check you guys out. But again, thanks so much for being on a third time. And hey, I hope to have you back next year. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us, Richard. Thanks for listening to AW360. For more podcasts like this one, be sure to check out Advertising Week's ever-growing roster of podcasts for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, including our flagship podcast, Great Minds. You can find those at www.advertisingweek.com slash podcasts.